Welcome to Now Let's Talk, the podcast, where Vanessa Corwin and Kathleen Kahn talk with our guests about life in a post-pandemic world. Hello, I'm Vanessa Corwin. And I'm Kathleen Kahn. There are over 8 million American expats living abroad. While many think about doing this, our guests today are among those who actually left the United States to live abroad. A native Floridian, Linda Moran, has lived in many different countries over the course of her life. And now she and husband Brian Cook are currently residing in Valencia, Spain. And we will be talking to them about their life as expats. So, guys, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us on our very first international podcast. Thank you for having us. Okay. So, let's start from the beginning. Now, tell us what made you decide to move out of the U.S.? Did the political situation at the time have anything to do with it? Of course it did. Yes, it did, big time. It was about 2016 when uh, we started thinking about moving. And I think that the horrifying experience of having to watch the debates between Hillary and Trump just made us sick to our stomachs. It was frustrating. It was very frustrating. That's that's to put it it mildly. Little things started happening. Uh, we started noticing that the, the the racist cat had been let out of the bag, and which was probably always there, but it was quieter. I mean, because it was not vote while Obama was president. And we're starting to get like, this is getting crazy here. And well, I can honestly say that whenever Brian would go, he lived in his parents live in Pompano, his family. That whenever Brian would have to drive to Pompano in the car by himself, I always worried that he would get pulled over and would not make it home. My uh, gosh. Something that was always in my mind. And has you that know, happened to you, Brian? No. No. He never got pulled over. He's a good driver. You know, but it doesn't matter these days. You know, I heard an expression which I had never heard before called driving black. Driving while black, yeah. We had a Mercedes. So, you know, what are they going to think in Florida? They see a guy with dreadlocks. Well, Mercedes, they're off, you know, (laughs) they're going to pull him over for whatever, you know? And in South Florida, for the longest times, policemen have been racially profiling. uh, Oh, you've had that happen. They've been doing this for the longest, and I was—I'm one of the lucky ones because I guess I walk around with a smile on my face and I have lighter skin, so I can kind of like sidestep the issue. Even though I have dreadlocks, and normally that's like a—that's like a—that's like honey for bears. Well, at any rate, we went to—we went to Barcelona first, saw that, was like, wow, this could work. Maybe let's try Madrid and see what happens. And the following year, we went to Madrid to try that out to see how it worked. Like. And the long story short, it was not, it was a nice trip, but we were sick for like most of the time. So, uh, was that COVID or before COVID? I don't know. This is way before, way before we, COVID. We realized is the minute we got back that as sick as we were in Madrid, we would rather be in Europe. 
how did you choose Valencia? Did you go there? Did you make another trip no. to check it out? Or how did that come about? No, we started doing research. But Tina had some, my niece, Tina, had a little bit to do with that. She kept on saying, oh, I think you'll like Valencia better. It's smaller. And then we had read, you know, it's going to be more um, uh, affordable. And uh, we read some really good things about it. So we said, well, what the hell? Once we get there, if we don't like it, we can move. We chose Valencia that way from read. And I wanted to be in a city that had cosmopolitan mm -hmm. mentality, um, had somewhat of a, a, a bigger culture than, than a town. And it's the third largest, largest city in Spain. It is yes. the third largest city in Spain. Linda, you had said before that it took you about two years of research and planning once you made that decision. So what did all of those two years involve? Um, we sold the house in 2018. We got rid of everything. Tell us the process. Well, first we decided to do, to do this. Then we had to, you know, get visas, you know, that take us through that in a little bit of a timeline. After we got rid of everything, we finally got into an apartment that was compatible for getting this work done. We set up an office in the spare bedroom and just set up our computers and started researching everything. I bought a book that some expat had written about moving to Spain, learned a lot. And we found out that you have you you have several visas that you can apply for. There's a retirement visa with a pension, which means you know you got you get money from your company. Uh, then there's um, uh, your your business sends you to Spain, so you are already employed by an American company, and or you're employed by a Spanish company and you're an expert in that field and you're the only other, no Spaniard can do it. So then they'll give you a visa for that too. But you have to prove that your company is, right. this company has hired you because you're an expert. And then there's the non-lucrative visa. Now that's what you guys have, right? Lucrative yes. visa means you cannot work here. You cannot get a salary. I mean, you can work under the table, but if you get caught, you're going to get kicked out. Right. So you have to have X amount of money. I can't remember what it is. Do you, uh, you have to have X amount of money in the, in the bank. You are not eligible for the wonderful health care, free health care, because you have not paid taxes. You are not from here. Um so you have to get, you have to have proof of private health care. You have to write why you're, why you're doing this um, and where you want to live. After you gather all of this stuff that they require, oh, they want proof of financial because they want to make sure that, you know, yeah. you can afford. Um, you have to get all of this stuff apostled, which is some sort of thing and you, getting an apostle is is just like getting it, you. just like getting it sealed, but for a bigger reason. So ah. we had to go to Tallahassee to do that. Wow, you don't do it in West Palm. Oh, uh, you need to get a gift, birth certificate. You got to have of course a passport. You've got to have all the you have you have to have all these things, and then you make an appointment with the consulate that's closest to you. Each consulate has 
different requirements. So then once you've gathered whatever it is that your particular consulate wants and the Spanish government wants, you go to wherever consulate that is. Now, some people have to travel miles. We were lucky. We only had to go to Miami. Mm. Present this stuff. Then time passes, of which time you don't really know how long that's going to be. But it was actually pretty quick when we received our visas. And you turn in your passports, which was the hardest thing for me to do. I'm going... Yeah, the first thing, like, once you get your paperwork together, you take it to the consulate with the passport. You give it all to them. them. They send it all to Madrid, by the way. Well, before they do that, they tell you, because you got to leave now. They tell you, uh, we will get back to you anywhere between 10 days to 30 days, depending on how long it takes. Yeah, or, yeah. How long it takes. Wow. For us, it was like two weeks. But we had to make sure that we had a place to live, not knowing what every time frame was going to take. Right. Let me ask you this. If they took your passport, they had to give it back to you in order for you to travel yes, they do. <laughs> Well, okay, when you give it to them and when they give it back to you, it's with the visa page on it. Right. Oh, okay. So then now you're, you got to get a place to live. So how did that how that happened? Okay, so we got here at, well, you know, no, before we got here, we had to arrange an Airbnb. So yeah, we got an Airbnb. So then we got one for a month. And then when, once we got here, we hired, this is when we hired um, uh, Laurence. She's a French woman who helps ex- expats, ah. you know, our, she's it's called expat services. And she helps you get through this Process. small nightmare to, to finally get your residency card because a visa isn't enough you've got to get a residency card and without her I don't we would not have been able to do it because you have to get appointments at different places and these appointments are um illegally sold and bought we, well, we didn't know all of this well, we didn't this know year. this we found that out <laughs> later because we thought when okay so let me go back. Once you get your your um, your visa and you're in your city and you got your place of residence, you have to get fingerprinted. Uh, First, you have to get an appointment to go to the thing so that you can get fingerprinted. Yeah, once you get that, and that's why we hired Laurence because she's the uh, one the quickest access to these appointments. appointments. Yes, I speak Spanish, but I know how to ask for a cup of coffee. <laughs> I do understand legalese at all and especially in spain it's taken me after four years i still have a problem with the formality of of their language Mm. oh it's very different yeah yeah it's it's like you know what it is it's like the difference between british english and american english you know it's that i mean it's the same language but it's very different it's very different and even more so because and also they talk really fast. Yeah. Um, and nobody speaks English. Uh more youth here speaks English. Then once Laurence got us it, our appointments, okay, first you have to get your fingerprinted and all this stuff. You have to get this thing called a patrimonio, which is sort of your part become part of the sen- uh census, the town census. They count you, you know. And you got to get that. You have to Xerox everything three times, by the way. And so then you have to get every page, even the empty pages of your passport 
uh, done. Uh, uh, copy. Oh, yeah. When you're in the United States, before you get here, you also have to have proof that you have never been arrested, blah, blah, blah. Oh, right, right. You got to be a citizen, a good citizen. And you have to get all this together and all of this needs to get apostle. A lot of things right. have to be translated into Spanish also. You you have to translate things. Um, oh. And those translations have to be official and documented with stamps. Then um, you go through all this rigmarole and you finally get a little card with your picture on it. And again, it's more uh, trying to get appointments. You stand in a lot of lines, a lot of lines. <laughs> but once you get through it all, you're you're done and you're good for a year. Uh-huh. And then a year later, you have to go through the whole process again. So you have to renew this like every year? No. This card. Oh, no. First, your first, the first time when you get here after you get your card, the following year you renew. Sunday you renew is two years later. Twice already. You're, you've got a visa that's called non-lucrative, so you can't work. Now, what about what about your health care? Do you keep it up in the United States, or does that doesn't matter? In Spain? Okay, I don't have Medicare. Uh, because I didn't pay enough into the system. So I already knew I was going to have to leave the country when I was 65. Oh. Put it that way. Because it was going to get extraordinarily expensive just to keep myself alive. So that was another reason why we moved. Because oh. And then Brian didn't have insurance either. And I'm like, it, it, it just healthcare alone costs fortune. So sorry I left that out at the beginning. But That's that right. was a major little deciding yeah. factor. So I had no insurance to keep, you know, now different expats say different things. Some expats tell you it depends on if you plan to move back, because if you plan to move back, you better keep your Medicare. Right. That makes sense. Right. But even if you plan to move back and you had Medicare, that is not going to help you in Spain, correct? Or will. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Okay. No, we on. have to have totally, it's like getting Blue Cross Blue Shield for an individual in the state. And yeah. you have to get it in the process of getting your visa because it's going to start once you get, like you have to have all that prepared before you leave. Now, how did you find the apartment that you're living in now? Is it, are you renting it? Laurent helped us. Ah, the consultant. He us to a real estate agent. Now, this is tricky as well. And huh. this is standard practice in Spain, standard practice in Spain when you are not a citizen and you don't have a work contract, which we don't have because we're here on a non-lucrative. So Laurent sent us to um, a real estate agent that she liked, mm -hmm. and we went with them to several places. And we had to put down six months rent. Mm-hmm. And a plus, I think, two, six months of rent plus first, first and last, uh, first and last yeah, seven months. Yeah. So uh -huh. it ended up being six, six, seven, eight, nine months rent. In advance. So you got to have that cash. It, it, and the real estate agent wants a month rent. Okay, there, that's what they get. So yeah, it yeah. Is, it gets up front is expensive. Now, sure. Prices of the real estate here are much cheaper. The other thing I wanted to tell you about is healthcare. Even though we have private insurance, what I paid on my insurance alone 
with my Blue Cross Blue Shield in the United States was more expensive than what we pay for private insurance for both of us mm-hmm. with a big a policy. Plan. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, you know, when we oh. did it, I said, we should get a full policy. You know, this one also covers us if we go back to the States to visit. Mm-hmm. And it has all bells and whistles. If we go out and network, we just have to, we have to pay very little. We don't pay a copay at any doctor that's within network. Great. And medication here is dirt cheap. Even with private insurance, we're coming out way, way ahead financially. Wow, that's great. That's, uh, I mean, that yes, is amazing. That is the perks. The, the negative is is real estate. Yeah. Having to get a place. Yeah. Um, some people, okay, to buy an apartment here, you're going to have to buy cash. Because getting you don't have the work contract to get the mortgage, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So forget that, and let so unless you can buy complete, you know, the apartment outright. Uh, yeah. Some people advise not to buy. We didn't want to buy because we're not sure whether we want to stay in Valencia or not. We are going to stay in Spain, so that's the real estate situation. Uh, landlords don't trust you and you will not trust your landlord. And it is, is advisable to start learning about local laws because your landlord will rip you off. Yeah. And here and you're, you're, they see an American ka-ching, ka-ching, mm-hmm. we can't go shit. We're going to rip you off. And that's the way it is. Unfortunately, I did not expect that. I thought my people would be different. Uh, uh, Spanish. I have family in Spain. They're going to be nice to me. Now, what about taxes? Do you pay taxes, Spanish taxes, American taxes, both? None of the above. How does that work for you? This was something nobody told us at the beginning. So this is one of the surprises when you get here. After a hundred and some, hundred and fifty something days, I think it is, you have to, um, you have to give a declaration of wealth. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. And to the government, and then you go through the process of filing. And that was during the pandemic that we went through that, which we couldn't leave our apartment, which made it all very difficult. Um, the hospitalization there, God forbid you got sick. Did you feel safe if you needed to oh, go? To- definitely. Healthcare in Spain is very good. And the Spanish population is amazing. They have the, a very high um, uh, life expectancy rate. Um, and they smoke and drink like yeah. it's out of style. I am amazed at how they, I don't know how they do it, but they do. <laughs> You see little old ladies, 95 years old, smoking cigarettes, like, yep. you know, like no tomorrow. You can attribute this to two things. One is an excellent health care. Spain and for, yep. is known for that. And two, um, family values. Well, you've given us all these great um, joys of living in Spain. Are uh, other than, you know, when you first had to do the visas and everything, can you tell us some of the challenges you might face? Okay, apartments are, are a challenge. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're coming from suburbia, uh, uh, suburban America, you're going to find that apartments here are made like shit. They're noisy. 
Uh, the walls are all paper thin. You can hear. I, we hear everything. That's I could if somebody coughs in the street, I can hear it. This is not a, a vacation destination, right? So uh, August comes, and the whole—if we get sick, and we can't call a doctor because they're on vacation. But this is like the whole place shuts down. You know, another question that uh, we're interested to know. So now, you know, our pod, our podcast is audio only, so people don't know what you guys look like. So you are you are a mixed couple, and Brian, um, can you talk a bit about your experiences as a Black American living in Spain as opposed to living? In the United States. In the words of an umpire, safe. Wow. I mean, and that's a short answer, but the the the, the longer the the not the longer, not so long answer would be the thing that I like about being here is in the States, I'm a black American. Every other ethnicity or race in America is whatever race they are first, an American. Except for the except for Caucasians, right. so over here, I'm considered an American. Mm-hmm. I just happen to be black, which is and and it, it sounds like it's really small, but it's extremely noticeable for me walking the streets. I could walk past cops; they I, I they look through me. You know, like when I walk in a store, I don't get followed. In fact, they may come up, they may, they, they don't even come up to help us unless we go to them. We have to chase them down. Well, it sounds, it sounds like you guys are not considering coming back to the United States, but what is next for you? Well, we're, we're, we're thinking of maybe moving to Palma, uh, simply because Valencia is a nice city. And we've made friends here. We've got our, we're established, which is the argument for staying. But uh, the argument for going is that during the pandemic, I did not realize how much I was going to miss nature. Uh-huh. And um, this is such a big city. It, you, we don't drive. Brian's in the process of getting a driver's license. By the way, that's another thing they don't tell you. Oh, I'm going to tell you two things now. Just change the subject <laughs> really quick. Two other things that they, people need to know before they move here. Your driver's license, in the uh, an American driver's license, will no longer be of any use to you after 150 days, okay. 158 days. So you are going to have to get a Spanish driver's mm-hmm. license, rent a car, you know, once that happens. And the second thing is that if you have a brokerage account in the United States, is very important for expats to know. Find out what they what their the rules are. are if you move overseas. We did not know. I had my stocks and my portfolio in a managed account with Morgan Stanley. They did not tell me anything. And when we got here after two, I think two and a half years, mm-hmm. they told me I had to change to an international account. Um, we were lucky that we found a bank here that we can put in dollars. Mm-hmm. And then- oh. Yeah, so that worked out pretty good, but it's complicated. And then they did not tell me that there is a limit on how many funds I can have in that account. That's the other reason why I can't buy anything here at this moment. 
unless I change brokerage. Uh, so this is, it, it, these are things that you have to know before you come here is that, A, you're going to have to put out, dish out a lot of money out front. Five years, after a year, five years, you get permanent residency. Um, we won't, next time we renew our little card, we won't have to do it for another five years. And then we can apply for citizenship. As far as the world is concerned, we can move to Italy. We can move anywhere in the EU without a problem come March. Okay. Then we can get public health care. Yes. Ah. We're, we're EU citizens. Oh, great. So now, but you're saying you, you would like to stay in Spain. What, would anything make you guys want to live back in the States again? Well, maybe if Ron DeSante disappeared from the face of the earth and we went oh, back to being a modern place, maybe. <laughs> but I don't, I, no, it, it's too expensive. I can't afford it. Plain yeah. and simple, cannot afford to move back. But you could always come and visit. I have no desire to even visit. Really? None. Um, none, really. I don't miss American culture at all. Brian, would you go back just to visit family? Well, that's what, what's that for? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I, I can limit the time that I'm around. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I mean, WhatsApp, you have a camera, you know, you can use your camera and talk face-to-face as well. So it's like, I, there's so, WhatsApp, Zoom, Signal, sure. Messenger, you I name mean, it. You can even do it on uh, Instagram. So, I mean, there's so many different ways to talk to, to people. So, you know. You guys have been terrific this was so informative and wow like who knew that there was so much involved in making this kind of a decision so obviously you know you have to be really committed to it yes yes yeah oh yeah i wish i was even more i wish i had known the things that i was supposed to know before i am (laughs) Because the surprises, like the taxes, I didn't know this. I was sitting in the pandemic and this girl says, you know, you have to pay taxes. And I'm like, what? The good news is if anybody's out there even considering leaving the States, you, you gave them a whole bunch of food for thought. Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear from you, so please send your comments and questions to info at nowletstalkthepodcast.com and check out our website at nowletstalkthepodcast.com. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time.